All right, everybody. Welcome back to Off White. It is I. Don't fix your earbuds. That's right. I'm talking to you. Uh, my name's Rob, as always. Not usually the one to do the intro, but here's Mike and Ian. They're with me. Hi. I'm doing the intro today is because I have something fun for you all. Today Yay. is going to be my topic. Those two didn't do shit. Nope. So. Whoa. Hey, I showed what, up. You did something? <laughs> I showed up. <laughs> I showed up today. You know what? <laughs> Bravo to you people for showing up. Thank you. That's it's actually a hard thing to do. But um Well you know what, Rob, I I'm gonna applaud you for doing this for us today. Oh, Getting a whole good. episode prepared and so I didn't have um, to think about anything. So this Yay Rob, yay Rob I enjoy. And this is going to embark on our next three episodes. So this episode and the next two are going to be about spooky season. Halloween. Yes. Well, not about Halloween, but it's leading you into it. Yeah, leading you into Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, we're just talking about some spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. Spoopy. So, spoopy, to be exact. This is something <laughs> I listen to and watch all year round. Um, I am really into true crime stuff. Um, so today... I brought a story one of my favorites um with me uh you guys aren't really into the whole true crime stuff um and i'm sure not everyone who's listening is so pretty much it's just um people who follow along with mysteries about like crime and stuff like that it doesn't always have to be murder but a lot of it is um and just it could be like people going through the case and trying to figure it out themselves with like a cold case um, or just wa- listening to a case that is just batshit crazy and has already been figured out. Um, and that's kind of what I have today. I tried to find the most toxy-turvy, just all-around type thing. Yeah, I tried to find a crazy one to keep everybody really intrigued. I, so I'm, intrigued. One... I'm intrigued. I, do have a, I have a question. Yes. Does true crime also include cases that have been solved? Yes. So okay, because I do know that, some of those. Those are my like, favorite. I don't really like cold cases that haven't been solved because I've always been a person who likes to see the ending of things. So yeah, like, yeah, like, this, uh, like this one. Sorry, is I don't solved. want. Huh? So. What's happening? No, I was, I was saying I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I had a thought. Yeah, no, I was saying. <clears throat> Because on Netflix, like I watch all those uh, uh, serial killer documentaries. So there's like the John Wayne Gacy. Then there's, I mean, everybody watched yeah. Dahmer. That was a. That I actually never watched good. that one. Dude, Dahmer's good. I, I recommend Dahmer. I watched one on Lisk not too long ago, the Long Island serial killer. That's one that's a Dang. cold case that hasn't been. Oh, these uh, see these things out. like they kind of weird me out. So like that's why I don't really like. I mean, they're interesting to me, but like. Dude, Dahmer, uh, Dahmer was good. Dahmer's me. not like documentary. That's like, it's like a biopic where they play yeah. it out. Uh, okay. But I, I have watched the documentaries, but the, the Dahmer show was really, really good. They can come up with a lot of good stuff because especially in like true crime and the ones that aren't solved yet, 
they can really come up with stuff that's like because they're just throwing theories at a wall like reddit like we'll just go ham on some of these and just throw theories out there have actually been times where reddit and stuff like that have helped solve cases and have solved cases by like putting images together of like who is this person and stuff like that so like it's not like it's just like it's kind of helpful but also there's enough people times where it's fucked up cases too so it's good it's a good and a bad thing but uh, i've always enjoyed it so i'm gonna get into the case yeah. of 15 year old annie capri i'm pretty sure that's how you, capri capra capra is it spelled it's spelled k-a-s-p-r-z-a-k I, I, it, yeah, it's some. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, the only time you're gonna hear that it, that last name is in the first little bit. So uh, I'm just gonna name people by their first names. Um, so just some background on it. Annie was born on January 10th, 1997. Uh, she was born into an abusive home. Uh, she was shoved around the foster community a bunch. Um, and her parents ended up losing custody of her. At the age of nine, she was adopted by her actual case agent, Veronica, uh, and Dennis, who was Veronica and Dennis. Veronica was the caseworker, and Dennis was her husband. Um, and Veronica was actually pregnant at the time when she adopted her. So they had kind of gained like a really mutual love and affection for each other while Veronica was her caseworker. And Veronica just saw that she wasn't doing great and needed a stable home, and so they adopted her. Um, Veronica and Dennis ended up getting divorced, but it was like amicable. So, and they both ended up remarrying, but that's the last time you're going to hear about Dennis. Um, Wait, he's so not they, really a part of this. So they is adopted that? a girl. Yes, yeah, so they adopted Annie. Annie, but okay. Veronica was also pregnant at the time. So that just goes okay. to show how like loving and caring and how into her job she was because she was just so you said she was a social worker yeah she was the caseworker okay. for the uh for annie so okay. annie was put in at a very young age to foster care and thrown around homes pretty much um, big said yeah so like i just said dennis and veronica um annie's parents got divorced amicably they separated both got remarried um, so that's the last time we're going to hear about Dennis. Um, Veronica got remarried to her to Annie's stepdad, James, um, James Bratcher. Uh, and after this, um, they moved to Utah. So Utah. this whole, yep, this whole thing is going to stay in Utah. Um, okay. So unlike most things where, you know, the stepdad comes in and pe people see them as, oh, you know, you're stepping on my turf. Annie and James actually had a really good relationship. So there wasn't any, like, disdain between them. Um, they actually really, like, liked each other. Um, so Annie, when they moved to Utah, ended up attending Summit Academy and wanted to become a therapist when she was older. And Veronica believed that was just because of how she was raised and how she saw Veronica working. So she wanted to help people through stuff that she had been through. Um, okay. So, like I said, this is a true crime episode. So, 
Annie was murdered during this. So if you don't like listening to this, just I'm going to cut you off there because <laughs> we're going to be talking about murder throughout this entire 45 minutes, 50 minutes. So yeah. this is you your just, morning. You were discretion. My boy! Yeah. <laughs> um, so on the, this is when it starts to get good. Um, on the day of Annie's murder, um, everything seemed normal. Veronica and James went out for a little date night. Uh, they came back around 7, 7 to 7.30. Annie ran okay. up to them like normal, greeted them happily. Veronica then went to take a shower, and James went into the kitchen. And a little later, Annie went into a room, um, and Wait. just everything was normal. Who's James? That? James is the step. The stepdad. Then who's Dennis? Dennis was the real dad who got divorced. Oh. And then right, Dennis so is out I of am, the picture I'm, now. I am a little lost. So you're okay. Okay. So pretty much. So Dennis. Dennis is is was married to Veronica, Veronica when okay. Annie and, got adopted. Okay. Then, was Veronica pregnant with Dennis's yes. kid? Veronica was okay. pregnant with Dennis's kid. Then they got divorced a few years later. And then okay. James came into the picture, and now we're. Oh, and that's what you were saying. Okay, I'm understanding now. Yes. Like that's what you were saying about the the, the new dad being yes. accepted. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All so, right, sorry. No, you're okay. Any questions or any comments you have, just cut me off. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, pretty much at this point, Veronica goes into a separate room. James is in the kitchen. Oh, I mean. Annie went into a separate room. James is in the kitchen. Veronica's in the shower. So at about 8.30, Veronica is calling with her sister, just talking. Um, and then she realized that she hadn't seen Annie in a while. Uh, so she went to Annie's room to try and just have a talk with her real quick, just see what's up. And when she got there, she realized Annie was not there. So panicked, she called out to James, who searched the whole house for her and found a note in the room that Annie had went into while he was in the kitchen. And in this note, Annie stated that she had lied to her parents about a few things. And, and by the time that they were reading the note that she had wrote, she would be on her way to California. Mind you, Annie is 15 at this okay. time. <laughs> so um, this, is a little, stated, this is a, well, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like, it is a little odd yeah. Right. But then you look at uh do you guys know who John Wayne Gacy is? Mm -hmm. Um oh. all right. Well Mike, he's the uh he's the, the killer clown. Oh wait, yeah, no, I know who that is. <clears throat> so he would he would pick up like runaways mm -hmm. um from like bus stops and stuff who are like that age. So it's like you never know. Which is kind of that's why I was like, yeah. that's why I interrupted for because it's like it's odd, but at the same time, you know, it it, it is it logical, happens, yeah. like it can happen. So, and seeing as her background and obviously the chance of kidnapping, obviously Veronica yeah. and James were like panicked to shit. So, finding this note that says she's going to California is like scary, but to get even crazier. In the note, Annie stated that um, she had not only lied to her parents, but she lied to her friends saying she was pregnant and she couldn't keep Ooh. lying to them anymore. And was she, she actually stated, pregnant? 
Um, you'll find out about that later. Okay. So she, in the note, she stated that all she wanted from them was sympathy and that she couldn't really keep doing the lying thing. So she was running away. So immediately, as good parents do, Veronica and James called the police and reported Annie as a runaway. Um, Veronica also called Annie's boyfriend, Christopher, Christopher Bagshaw, uh, and asked if he had any information on where she could be. And Christopher, who was 14 at this time, uh, stated that he had no knowledge of Annie running away to California. So he just flat out said that he had no idea what was going on. So, and these two were in the same grade, by the way. But, so the night goes, obviously, everyone goes to sleep eventually, um, wake up, and in the morning, Veronica sees on the news... Veronica saw something on the news the next morning and she realized that Annie may not have made it to California. So on the news, she sees a girl who was murdered nearby, um, near the Jordan River near her house. Uh, The Jordan River, like Africa? No, so there's a Jordan River in Utah. (laughs) That's what I thought at first, too. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, no, it's apparently a river in Utah. Um, so immediately after seeing this little girl who was murdered, she called the helpline that was on the TV and started giving the police just all the information about what happened the night before, information about uh, Annie. And as they got all the information, just before the police hung up the phone, they asked Veronica if Annie had braces. And through tears, Veronica sadly said, yes, she did, in fact, have braces. And after a little bit of time and getting DNA samples, the police were able to confirm that this was Annie Kaprizek. So that sucks. Yeah. So imagine your daughter just runs away. You're scared the whole night. The next morning, you see her on the news. Um, The body was very mangled. They couldn't tell who it was by the face. Um, just not a pretty sight. So did they like identify her like off of dental records? Or yeah, something? they identified okay. her off her DNA. So obviously, I, like, oh my god, they had an idea it was her. They have plenty of DNA around the house, and they identified her through DNA. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they have to identify everyone through DNA, just as like a precaution. But you probably couldn't, like, they probably couldn't identify her in the state she was in. That's just crazy. Imagine like discovering that. That's Imagine like, that being scoring. your daughter. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So, the police obviously have no idea what's going on at first, as they never do. Um, but the true question was, why did she run away? Um, which, obviously, they started collecting up Annie's things for evidence, and they found a binder with her journal stack of papers and her journal in it uh and in this uh she kept her writings you know 15 year old girl journal yeah Uh, they also found excuse me they also (laughs) found out that she had an extreme obsession over her boyfriend um annie spence kind of corroborated that um there was a rumor about her being pregnant too. Um, so everything just kind of started matching up. She had said in her note that she was pregnant. 
she has an obsession with her boyfriend. Things start, you know, one and two start clicking. Um, so the autopsy did actually confirm that she wasn't pregnant, but everyone at the time, the autopsy. Okay. So the autopsy confirmed she was not pregnant at the she time. She wasn't pregnant. Yeah, she wasn't. So, you know, she was obviously lying to all these people. Um, and her mother believed that the reason she was lying was to kind of have this perfect family. You know, she went through the foster system for nine years of her life. That's a hard thing to do. Especially at 15. And yeah. So, you know, she probably had these fantasies of, you know, perfect family. And, like, she had that kind of stuff in the, her journal entries. So, you know, it's kind of a thought that that's kind of what she wanted to get from faking her pregnancy. Okay. Um, so, obviously, people of interest. First person of interest is... Jason. Boyfriend. Well, uh, Jane, you know, the parents first. Oh, James. But, James. Yeah. But another person would be Chris, the boyfriend. The boyfriend, um, yeah. So, Chris, since they're underage, they had to, he had, his father had to be present during the interview. Um, because, you know, child. Um, mm -hmm. So... Chris stated the last time he had actually seen Annie was on the Wednesday or Thursday before. Annie was murdered on a Saturday, if I didn't state that. Um, so that what a shitty day to be murdered on, huh? What'd you say? <laughs> what a shitty day to be murdered on. You're like, I got the weekend. <laughs> you know, it's like... And, um, so... Pretty much he stated that Wednesday or Thursday was the last time he'd actually seen her. And then on Saturday, he had spoken to her, but he hadn't seen her. Um, so Chris stated that Annie, in the police interview, he stated that Annie did mention that she wanted to run away with him, but he declined that. Um, he stated that he didn't want to run away. Um, he tried to stop her from running away. And he thought he had, but obviously he hadn't. Um, so Chris also knew, told the police that he knew about the spreading of rumors by the pregnancy of the pregnancy, but Annie actually never told Chris straight up um, that she was pregnant. He had just heard like it through like the rumor mills. Yeah. Um, he also declared that. Um, it wasn't his baby, and that she had had sex with another suspect a few months earlier with someone named LJ. So Annie had actually written about LJ in her diary before, or her journal before, uh, but this actually kind of clicked into place that there was an LJ and that he would kind of be in this. Um, so when speaking more um, about LJ, Chris told the officers kind of just what he knew, which really, which wasn't really much. Um, Chris told him that, well, while Chris was telling them about LJ, he kind of started to tense up during the interview. It's actually online. Um, Mike, is there a way that you can um, link? 
um, videos because if there um, is, I could just send you the link because they're in to the video I use to, you know, put this together. And if you can, then on the on the Instagram post, I could probably yeah, leave the link. So we'll leave it on the Instagram, um, and it's just gonna pretty much show that, like, there's actual like video of him doing it, and you can see him like tensing up. Like during the um, what's the name during the interview, and he was tensing up, leaning back, uh, barely moving, gripping really hard on his chair, um, which could be you know nerves and stuff. But then he also just seemed really like disengaged during the uh, interview. Which if your girlfriend was just murdered, you know, yeah, so he did it engaged. Um, I mean, with so, a name like LJ, you would probably go out and kill somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a, with a name like LJ. Oh my god! So my boy LJ. Pretty probably much, Lawrence. Chris did claim that he had sex with Abby, but it was only the Wednesday or Thursday Annie. before, and Abby had been Annie, right? Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did I say Abby? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my bad. Annie. Whatever. Um. So, pretty much before the interview wrapped up, Chris voluntarily gave information about the night they hung out. And this could have just been to try and, like, you know, plead his innocence before anything happened. Because obviously they're going to take his stuff. Um, and so, pretty much he stated that when they were hanging out, at they were hanging out at their friend Spencer's house. Uh, Spencer is going to be important. Um, but... Annie had gotten a nosebleed at some point through the night and two drops of blood had gotten onto Chris's shoes because she was there on the side of the bed. And he said that she kind of like leaned down and some blood got onto his shoes. Um, at the end of the interview, Chris talked about how um, Chris talked about like how they kind of just went on and talked. Uh, Chris claimed that his dad Pretty much on the night of the murder, Chris claimed that his dad left the house around 6 o'clock. Um, and mind you, this Chris wasn't with Annie at this time. So his dad left around 6 to go to the bar. About an hour and a half later, he was playing video games. Then he decided to go to his grandma's. His dad calls him around 8. And then he went to his friend's house to try and stay the night because he didn't want to stay the night with his grandmother. His friend didn't answer, so then he went back to his grandmother's. So that's kind of the timeline he gave on the murder on the night of the murder of like his kind of alibi. So okay. next the police claimed um I mean, obviously, you know, nosebleed, Annie's blood on his shoes. The police need to cooperate uh, that. He didn't wipe the blood off his shoe? Well, obviously he did, but blood like is very adhesive, so blood stays. So I guess if it dried it's on up. your clothes, it's gonna stay on your clothes. So I get that. So Ew. he was just trying to get ahead of that and be like, "Hey, I didn't murder her. This is why there's blood on my her blood's on my shoes." So that's crazy. Yeah. What so a coincidence. Crazy. Exactly. So you know, was it period blood? No, uh, it was no. Uh, oh. <laughs> anyway, so. Next, obviously, the police need to corroborate 
Chris's story about the nosebleed. So they get a warrant for the friend Spencer's house, um, and Spencer confirmed that Abby had bled on Chris's shoes. Annie. Uh, when they asked Annie, fuck. Rob, we don't even know this story. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so pretty much he confirmed that Annie bled on Chris's shoes, uh, and he gave some more information about this strange LJ character, because they still don't know who this guy is. So apparently LJ at some point had hacked into Annie's email and emailed Spencer sometime a few months before. Um, that was the only real contact he had ever had with LJ. Um, and it just kind of confirms that LJ is a person who was around Annie and that Spencer and, and then, oh God, I'm sorry. So pretty much the email just confirmed that LJ is a person. And then a p- the, in the email, he kind of, LJ threatened Spencer. Um, they don't really know why, because the email was deleted. But LJ threatened Spencer. And because of that, Spencer and a few of Annie's friends told him to kind of just stop hanging out with LJ. Because he was obviously threatening people. And they were scared for her. Um, so with all the information at hand, the person who they believed did something was this LJ person. Um, problem with that is they had Chris Spencer and none of Annie's friends were able to tell them what LJ looked like because no one had ever met this LJ person. So... Very limited information. So as the police are kind of going and searching for this LJ person off of what they have, which is next to nothing, they have absolutely no look, no luck. Until they get a breakthrough and they get a call from this woman named Jonah Franklin. Now, Jonah Franklin has a criminal record and had been involved in credit, many credit card thefts throughout the years. She is older. Like these kids are like 15, 14, 15. This lady is probably in her late twenties. I didn't get her exact age. I could probably look it up, but so what she wanted was she claimed that she had witnessed Annie's murder and she wanted to exchange the information for all of her charges to be dropped. Now, obviously, they had to investigate this. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a common thing for criminals to give information for charges to be dropped or to be time to be taken off their sentences. So it's not out of the picture. But obviously, she claims that she witnessed the murder. Now, Jonah claimed that she knows LJ and she can help the investigation with it. Um, so in her interview, she added a new person into the picture, this guy named John, whose house we're going to be at. So how many people was Annie fucking dude? (laughs) She's around (laughs) a lot of people. I don't know, but so Jonah throughout the interview was like extremely animated, um, Again, they have this interview on this video that we're going to link. So 
Jonah is making a lot of eye contact, like extra eye contact. She's doing like, she's adding a lot of eyebrow emphasis too, which is, you know, it kind of just looks like she's like wanting approval of the officers. Like she's like, uh huh, like I'm I'm doing this for you, kind of deal. Um, that's also kind of just like the way she was acting. It was like kind of like, kind of what drug addicts do a lot, like her man stuff. Sounds like crack um, to me. Yeah. So rock cocaine. <laughs> throughout the interview, um, Joanna would constantly say LJ and the girl. So she never was stating Annie's name, but she was name dropping LJ and John continuously. That's so would she never say Annie's name. Um, so when she was being questioned, uh, she began to get. So as she was talking, that's when she was like doing the eyebrow thing and she was telling the officers. When the officers started asking her questions, she started getting. You started to see the nerves coming through and you started to see. Um, her getting really anxious, uh, visibly like rubbing her face, just seeming like oddly confident, and like I said, just nerves. Um, so Joanna claimed that LJ and John had. So pretty much, what happened was LJ left the room, and this is what Joanna's claiming: LJ left the room, and Anna had apparently laughed at John. And John got extremely upset. Now, this John guy is a convicted felon. And Wait, he she, she did what to him? She laughed at him, apparently. Oh, this is what him, Joanna's okay. stating. So she laughed at him, and then he bashed her head into the wall and started kicking her while she was down. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Joanna claims that she's bleeding out of her mouth, nose, and ears. Um, she's claiming oh my that. God. Yeah. She claimed that John did it, obviously, like I said, because she's laughing. And then John commanded Joanna to go get a tarp from the storage shed. And when she returned, John or Joanna stated that Anna was white, just pure pale, um, and cold to the touch, which is weird if you know anything about dead bodies because it usually takes a little bit. Um, but she also said that she like moved her jaw. And it was like slack. So obviously Joanna stated that she needs to go to the hospital. And John said that um, he can't do that. And LJ had come back into the room and just went and sat down on the couch um, nearby. So sometimes they started arguing, Joanna and John. And at some point, Joanna redressed Annie. So there wasn't any blood on her. Um, they bleached the house, they bleached the clothes, they threw the clothes in the dumpster. And then she claimed that John and LJ went to the river by the bridge where um, they found her body. And they claimed that when they came back, they claimed that Annie had gone swimming and won't be back. Oh my god. So Joanna was also the first person to be able to describe LJ, claiming he was shorter than her which was around, like, 5'5", five, five. Hispanic, white, and 19. That was pretty much so, you know, investigators were able to do a little more with that. But as I said, John was a convicted felon, so the investigators got a search warrant, 
when they got there, they noticed that he had painted the walls. He had ripped up the carpets. Um, obvious, you know, signs of cleanup of a crime. Um, so they pull John in to corroborate Jonah's statement. Um, and when he is, they obviously put a picture down of Annie and asked him if he knew who this was. And he stated that her name was Brittany. And obviously the cop gets taken aback, but people use weird names all the time uh, or different names all the time. So he kept saying that this was Brittany and that she lived with this guy named Sal, which is obviously different than what this Joanna lady's saying. Sal Volcano. <laughs> Maybe. But um, he's saying that they lived with this guy, Sal, um, and the office like, well, this girl's name Amy, or, yeah, Anna. Um, and, you know, his story's not exactly sure, because John's, you know, he's saying he never met this Annie girl. He's saying it looks like Brittany, but it doesn't really look like Brittany. So they're kind of at a stalemate. Well, the easiest way to tell this is obviously by getting the blood from his house, because there was some blood that was still left over that they could, you know, salvage from John's house. Well, they get the so, DNA... Oh, wait, 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 go ahead. I'm just, so they found this blood... They found the blood in his house still? Yeah. So and like taking him in and questioning There him? was some on, like, doors and stuff. Obviously, DNA takes a little bit to come back. So... Yeah, I know that. I'm just... Wouldn't you think, like, man, why do you have blood all over the place? Yeah, that's a little... <laughs> Like that's like the suspicion part. Like they walked in and they're like, "Oh, like, bl- like obvious cover up and blood. Like you know, easy." Hey man, maybe he re- just really likes Halloween, right? <laughs> maybe he likes decorating his his house like that. Mike, you ever think about that? No. So, no. <laughs> so the police get the ev- DNA evidence back, right? And this just turns the entire case upside down because none of the blood found at John's house is Annie's. So none of this blood is Annie's. What the fuck is going on then? So John had an alibi which was you know it was corroborated but it was corroborated because he actually didn't do this crime. So, and John's phone was tapped into, and the phone record showed that he couldn't have, like, he was nowhere near Annie's body that night hmm. where it was found. So he couldn't have done it. So Joanna is then questioned, and she breaks down this time under heavy scrutiny, and she confesses that she framed John because he cut her out of a deal, I'm guessing a drug deal. And that she meticulously had gathered information on Annie's case and made it look like John did it in order to get back at him. So pretty much. And, you know, she's trying to get immunity for her crimes as well. But John's alibi in this was that he committed another crime, a kidnapping crime. That's where the blood is from. So he's like, guy... wait, I didn't kill this girl, okay? I kidnapped somebody else. Okay? <laughs> Pretty much, him and a, him and an accomplice get charged for the kidnapping crime that happened that night, same exact night, too, like crazy. Um, so that whole shabacle with Joanna and 
John, that takes a whole year to situate out to the point where they know that it wasn't that. So that's a whole year down the drain. So now the police have to backtrack and go back into the interviews they had done before, go back into the evidence they had done before, because everything they just did for the last year was garbage. Like, it didn't mean anything. So now that, you know, they backpack. um, But at some point, they got three leads during, you know, that whole year. They got three tips that, you know, I think it was two anonymous and then one wasn't an anonymous. So a female caller had said uh, she saw a male on a bike who was leaning over that the barrier next to the river where Annie's body was found. So he was leaning over the barrier where they found Annie's body um, the day of. Um, A few days before a man was seen or I think it was a few days after actually a man was seen a teenager was seen I'm so sorry so a man saw a teenager next to where Annie's body was like in the general vicinity just saying I won't get caught won't get caught won't get caught waving his hands around Um, and he was described as a teenager full head of hair dark hair and then um gray shirt and blue shorts on. And then the third tip was Christopher, Annie's boyfriend, claiming that LJ, remember him, LJ had been sending him threats. So those are the three tips that pretty much happened during all that debacle. Um, so now the police started to look through Annie's phones and noticed that she had gotten multiple blocked calls on the night of her murder and the person who was on the other end of these blocked calls was on uh, was on the phone with Annie hour of her murder so within the hour that she got murdered someone was on the phone with her on this blocked call so obviously the police are thinking this is this LJ guy so just to see if anyone has a call from this same LJ person, the police request the call logs of Chris and Spencer, the two friends, mm-hmm. um, see if they had ever gotten, you know, just a call from this block number. Uh, but when the data arrived, they realized that every person in this case hadn't been telling the whole truth to the police. Um, so Even the now, parents or just the friends and the boyfriend? It's, it's just the friends. The parents are kind okay. of out of this. The parents are kind of just grieving. They don't suspect the parents at all. They've kind of just been full cleared. So now it's two years later since the police found Annie's body. So they started speaking with Spencer, the one friend. Um, the police got a warrant to search Spencer's house where they have an exact location of where she was supposed to be bleeding from her nose that one night where it got on Chris's shoes. And there's no traces of blood at all anywhere near it, especially not Annie's blood. Um, so, um, and under intense questioning, 
Spencer revealed that he actually wit- never witnessed any bleeding. He was just told by Chris that it happened, and so he just believed it because he was kind of nodding off at that time. Um, so next, the police decided to interview Chris's grandmother, who he was supposed to be staying with. So the grandmother had actually cooperated Chris's story about him being there. They were pretty much like hand in hand, like their stories. Um, but now with the call logs, they kind of have more information. So if you remember, Chris's dad left the house at like six, Chris left his house at like eight and was supposed to be staying with his grandmother, but left for like an hour ish to go see if his friends were there and then came back and stayed the rest of the night. And Chris's dad had said that he had seen Chris around 11 o'clock on or 11.30 on Chris's grandmother's couch. So pretty much Chris's grandmother, who had claimed before that he was at her house the whole night except for that one hour, um, she kept that up, but the police had evidence that at around midnight, she had called Chris, which if he's in your house... Why are you Why are you calling him? Yeah. yeah. So she claimed that Chris arrived back at her house around one one thirty, but that also doesn't make sense with the dad telling them that Chris was there at eleven thirty. And then apparently the call happened at around twelve forty seven ish. So, you know, things just aren't really lining up. Um next the police got the phone companies to trace all the phones that they have um, for the night of the murder. And it turns out that the owner of the blocked phone from the phone number was Chris. And he had a oh, separate shit. phone with that blocked number. So he had two phones. He had his and that blocked phone. So LJ's not real. It's like a pseudonym. So we'll see. But with that revelation... The real question was, who is LJ? Like you just said, like, you know, who the hell is he? So at this point, it's two years later, Chris actually had moved to Colorado to do his uh, sophomore year there. So the police go to Colorado to question him. And under intense scrutiny, he cracked. And Ian, you're right. There's no such thing as LJ. Annie had created LJ as a fictional person to make Chris jealous. And then Chris, being the maniacal fuck he is, decided to Chris... kill her. <laughs> oh, so geez, pretty much Chris. Chris used LJ, the fake person, as a distraction in order to get the investigation away from himself. And he also texted Spencer that night and told Spencer that, or that when they were investigating everybody, Chris told Spencer that Annie had a bloody nose and that's why that it got on his shoes. So to tell the cops that, but spent the way he said it was like, Hey, I know you were falling asleep. This was happening. This is what happened. So that, you know, the cops don't think I did it. Just help me out. So Spencer wasn't trying to be evil in this situation. He just truly thought that Annie had bled on Chris's shoes. Yeah. He was just taking advantage of while he was a little sleepy weepy. So, Chris's admission 
actually started putting more puzzle pieces into place, including, you know, the one caller stated that the guy on the bike, it actually, the description matched Chris's bike. Um, and also the witness that claimed that there was a teenager yelling at the bridge that, you know, won't get caught, won't get caught. Chris had actually skipped school that day. So that lined up. And the police also found a detailed list in Chris's belongings of the night. The entire list was a detailed timeline of the night of Annie's murder, which you only have that to keep your story straight. And he also had a complete description of what Annie was wearing on that night. Mm. So. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) That's crazy. Exactly. Right. So, um, pretty much, he also posted a few, like, you know, days after, he started posting, like, Facebook posts being, like, sincere and being like, oh, you know, everybody wear red because that was her favorite color, like, looking like a good boyfriend, when in reality, he's just covering his tracks. Wait, was mm-hmm. Facebook around in the 90s? It wasn't in the 90s. She was born in 93? Wait. 97 oh, and she's this is happening now. like oh, yeah, okay yeah. so this is happening like after 2000 like mid 2000 yeah so imagine like it pretty much when were you were 13 ish mike cuz she was uh, okay. she was 97 and she was 15 you know what's funny i looked up a picture of what this guy looks like and he looks like the type to <laughs> murder somebody over what's his name? chris what i just looked up her name and i found the, the yeah. salt lake uh it's like a news article. His name with was... her picture. Yeah, Christopher um, Bagshaw. His... Yeah, if you want to look him up, he okay. he does look like the type. He was eighteen when she, when he was um convicted. I think when yeah, when he was convicted. I think it was more like eight seventeen. I think he was charged when he was seventeen and then convicted. So wait, to back up here, mm-hmm. um, so that one guy beating her up. Was, didn't actually happen. That didn't happen. So that happened, but it wasn't Annie. Oh, it was a different. Oh, okay. yeah. it was a different. So girl. he wasn't that blood. Just wasn't Annie's. It was a completely different crime. <laughs> That's that crazy. He was framed for a different crime. It was like that bitch. Like that whole debacle. It solved another crime, but it fucked this one up for a year. Okay. That's yeah. That's um. So how, so I guess he killed her by so throwing her off the bridge. Or... So there is part I can get to that. So okay. um, pretty much there was one more thing that really put it away that he did it right, and mm-hmm. it was um, the night of the murder. If you remember, Veronica, Annie's mom. If you forgot, um, she called Chris. Well. That call was tracked back to where he was at that time. He was right next to the bridge. And at that time, after, you know, they figured out what time what time she died, it was minutes after he had killed her. So he is standing next to her dead daughter's body as he picked yeah. up that phone. So Chris obviously he gets char he gets arrested and charged with first degree murder and obstruction of justice. Because, you know, he was throwing them off their tail. Um, Yeah. So the reasons 
he murdered her would be revealed shortly. I'll reveal him in like two seconds. But pretty much they didn't know why he did it at this point. So um, due to him being 14 at the time, and he's only 17 now, when he got charged, um, the state of Utah, with how their ju- justice system works, would have charged him as a juvenile, put him in the juvenile facility, and he would have been released at 21, which he's 17 at this point, only would have been three years. So yeah. obviously they're trying to figure out how to charge him as an adult, but they don't have the why. They don't have why he did it until at this juvenile facility, Chris gets a little cocky and tells one of the other inmates a little story. So this inmate tell like calls up the police and tells them what happened. So what happened was Damn, straight snitching. Yeah. I mean he probably got <laughs> he probably got some good shit from that. Yeah. But pretty much what here. happened is Chris obviously found out that Annie is telling people that she's pregnant with his baby, right? Mm-hmm. And he believes this full and true, even though it wasn't true. Um, she then asked him that day to run away with her. He said, Yeah, meet me by the bridge. So that bridge, when she gets there, he sneaks up behind her, or she snuck out the house, obviously. he She gets there. He hits her in the head with a shovel, continues backing her in the head with a shovel until she's, like, on the ground. He then puts the shovel's head on her face and then jumps up oh. and down. Oh, stop, oh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> That's and, and that, That's what so, you meant by mangled in the beginning. Oh my god! Wait, so he literally like until exploded she her head. Mm-hmm. He probably just was her head. He was her just, head like he he literally probably gone? just. So well, it I mean, the gone. face is gone. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you just take a she shovel and just... start smacking. Michael, jumping I'll up come over down. with a shovel and start smashing it in your face, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, um, with this information, and they corroborated it with the medical examiner, they said that that's probably what happened. Um, so they charged Chris as an adult. He pleads guilty for first degree murder, and he's sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. And as a closer, he's eligible for parole in 2034. So we have another 11 years until this man is eligible for parole. Excuse me. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, so 10 years until we can beat this man's ass. Uh, I move, we move him out now. I feel like he's okay <laughs> to go. And be yeah, he's back in this society. I mean, but just imagine, he's 14 when he does this. Oh, that's God. crazy, dude. I was sitting here so, playing like, like Minecraft at 14. This dude's out murdering people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like that's not even that's one premeditated, which is why it's first. Because um, he literally was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill her." Lures her out, bashes her, and, and shovel, he probably he probably did that because she was saying. That he would, she, she, was, she pregnant. was pregnant. Yeah, well, no, yeah. no. There, she was saying with the LJ dude, she made up L. Well, yeah, making. Did up, you say she made up LJ? Too. She made up LJ to make him jealous. So yeah, making him, him jealous, jealous and then saying and, you're pregnant. And buddy yeah. got a little butt hurt and decided to went a little smash crazy. her face yeah. in with a goddamn shovel. 
Not just like ghost or anything, or just ignore. No, it's just. Well, just break killer. Just break you know, up. No, yeah. Let me just I bash mean, your face in with a shovel. The way I look at it, if it wasn't her, it was going to be somebody else. Because these types of people, they're so unhinged that it would have been. Well, the fact. Well, she put herself around these type of people, I guess, and who knows how they even acted. They could have been like weirdos or someone who was like not mentally there. Or mentally unstable. Yeah. So, you just well, never know. I don't think you're mentally stable if you're going around killing people. Yeah, no, oh, you're definitely yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Well. Is that, uh... Let's do another mean? one. Let's do another one. You like that? All right. I can... Yeah, let's do another one. We could do, we could go a little longer for this one, I feel like. Let's do another one. Um, I don't really I don't have think, another one lined up, I sadly. I don't think we have the time either. We can do so. another one another day if you like them that much. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we can we can do another one. I'm glad you enjoyed. Yeah, no, that was a that was an interesting one with some twists and turns. Already though, this is going to be a longer episode, so sadly we're going to have to end it. Boo! Yeah. I know you well, all wanted to stay with me and listen to my amazing voice. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, Mike, you want to end it out because I don't know what the fuck to do. Sure. Thank you. You can find me. us at uh, Spotify. <laughs> oh, <all> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed Rob's extendo story about Annie and her horrible death, her unfortunate death. Start of spoopy uh, season. Starting spoopy. off well. Yes, start of spoopy. So, sorry. Whoa, I couldn't. I couldn't speak for a second. <laughs> as as we almost have to solve some Mike Mike's death on on camera, live and in action. Um, thank you, everyone. Find us on Instagram, Off White Podcast. The link for Rob's video, whatever he's talking about, will be on that post yeah. that comes out for the episode. If you want to watch it, it has see, a little like, more in depth, movie. and it has the um, actual interviews of Chris and Joanna. If you do want to see those, there you go. So there's more to it if you haven't had enough. Um, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. I'll wrap it up. Thank you guys. Have a good one.